Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35-bag umbrella and all that thing there, Keep it locked with this Dysonomics Podcast. 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 Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to the Dysonomics Podcast. As per, shout out for those who listened to the previous week's episode on IR35. This is mainly for those who contract, those who intend to contract or those who have family members and friends who contract it's very important to understand the ir35 tax regulation because it could be taking money out of your pockets um you could be you could be non-compliant which you don't want to be because in case if hmrc catch you that's your ass dog so make sure you check that out and for those in the private sector it's going to come into play next financial year so i'll be april 2020 so Make sure you check that out. Tell a friend to tell a friend. This week, a lot more solemn and probably a more important issue. We are talking abortion and the law in the United States. Um, In the last few months, there's been several bits of legislation attempting to go through, some successfully, some not, not so successfully, across the United States. And it's caused quite a stir and it's become like a social media storm recently. So how this podcast is going to run is two parts. The first part, I'm joined by my longtime friend, Bola Sol, and it's more of an ideological um, discussion. What abortion is, what's the law in the UK, possibly we're a UK-based podcast, um, kind of what's happened in America and the difference between pro-life and pro-choice and we discussed um, that pro-life versus pro-choice debate. The second part is to give the listeners more of an insight into what is actually happening in America. So we discuss the two most recent bill passings in Alabama as well as Georgia, how they differ and what they entail, what could be the potential larger aim from the conservative evangelicals in the Bible Belt in America, um, we discuss should men be making laws that have impact women's bodies. We discuss is this a gender issue? Is this a race issue? Is this a class issue? And yeah, that's part B. So I hope you enjoy. Please, please get involved in the debate. Um, everybody's opinion is 
important as long as it's not <laughs> as long as it's at least semi-informed i don't believe in everybody's opinion is important i believe an informed opinion is important but also to get informed if you don't know stuff you should just ask every time i don't know anything i ask people i'm not afraid to say i don't know so i go and read stuff or i ask people that know stuff so yeah use the hashtag hashtag dysonomics get involved on twitter i might run a couple polls on my instagram as well so i think what's my twitter underscore nomics Instagram at Dysonomics. But yeah, use the hashtag. Let us know your thoughts. If me or Bola, or sorry, the second part will be with a young lady by the name of Stocker. So if me or Bola or Stocker is jazzing, let us know. If we're saying good stuff, let us know. If you want to add some information or ask questions, let us know. Yeah, anyway. So first part, part A, or part one, with my G Bola soul. Hi, it's MXM, and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late. Hello, and welcome back to episode 107, I believe, of the Dysonomics podcast. I'm joined by one of my favorite people in the universe, Bola Soul. Morning, Woo. Bola. <laughs> Good morning. Bola's got mad energy at, at early, early, early Saturday morning, and I do not know why. Bola, so it's because I worked from home yesterday. <laughs> Working from home on a Friday is the greatest ever. It's the latest thing ever. I went to work yesterday. I was like six man. I don't know why I keep doing that on a Friday. I need to start working no. from home. More. But, it needs to be a crime. <laughs> yeah, real talk. Everybody works. Nobody's doing this on Friday anyway. People go into the pub and all sorts. But anyway, <laughs> um, for those who don't know, um, what? who are you, Bola? Not like in a rude way, like, but what, what do you do? <laughs> and tell us about yourself. Yeah, um, I'm a personal finance guru. So I run a sister company of my existing company, Refined Currency, and it's called Rich Girl Chronicles. And it's a community that comes together to just um, like teach and educate and better women's money management. There's a Rich Guy Chronicles too, but that's going a lot slower. However, in general, I'm a personal finance guru. So hit me up if you have any queries. Okay, so if... If, as a young lady listening to this, is like, listen, I need to get my money up. <clears throat> 2019, I need to be out here shining. How Trust. can how can they get involved in Ritual Chronicles? Is there any openings? Like, what's the logistics of it? Do you know what? Because it's coming to summer, I noticed that the numbers tend to go down. However, we're starting a Rich Girl Chronicles monthly, which is just a community group where we'll discuss discounts, events, um, better savings rates, any investments that might seem interesting to people. So we'll just be like, you know, like the Financial Times, we're creating Rich Girl Times. And okay, yeah, it's going to be lit. So um, Rich Girl Chronicles has an Instagram Okay. Or you can find, you can just literally DM me, Bola underscore soul, and yeah, hit me up or email me. I'm open to many ways. Oh, oh what's your email? Hello at bolasoul.co.uk. Okay, very nice, very nice and easy. Okay, so as the listeners should have guessed via the title, we are discussing abortion. I've broken this up this week into two segments. So the first one, we're going to really talk about the ideological aspect of it, and I'm doing that with... My good pal Bola. So, firstly, I think it's best to determine, um, set aside um, the two main sides of the argument. So, there's pro life, mm. which in general is opposing abortion and euthanasia, but today we're just talking strictly abortion. And there's also pro choice, which advocates for the legal right of a woman to choose whether or not she will have an abortion. And, yeah. cu- and currently in the UK, um, in the 1960s, so 1967, there was an abortion act, which from then, pretty much rendered it um, legal under most circumstances in the United Kingdom. Some quick facts. In 2004, there are about 
185,000 abortions in the UK and Wales, 87% of those were performed at 12 weeks or less, which will be, as you listen to the podcast later, this will be quite relevant to you. Um, and 1.6%, so about 2,900, occurred after 20 weeks. Abortion is free to residents. And 82% of them were carried out by um, the National Health Service. The, of, the overwhelming majority of, of abortions, that's 95%, uh, were certified under statutory ground of risk of injury to the mental health or physical health as a pregnant woman. So bear that in mind, that's 95 out of 100. And obviously the abortion numbers were steadily rising um, by 2009, risen to 189,000. And of this number, 2,000 are as a result of the doctors deciding there's a substantial risk that if the child were born, they'll suffer from physical harm of physical or mental abnormalities as to be seriously handicapped. So this is just to give maybe the listeners like more of a real detail of like the risks to the mother and to the child because it's quite easy to talk about abortion. And if you don't have anyone that's ever gone through that um, that experience, it's quite easy to talk on people's behalf. So I think it's best to ask you, um, Paula, yeah. are you... What 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 side of the gang do you roll with? Are you pro life or are you pro choice? Mate, without without hesitation, I'm pro choice. I, I just don't I don't understand how women don't have rights to their own body, and that it's like by force you must bring a child into the world, um, without understanding the circumstances. And a lot of times, I was going to say people go to the extreme of oh, but what if she was raped? But that's ironically, it's not the the extreme. I'm sure if we pull up the statistics on how often a woman gets raped, whether it's by someone she knows or someone she doesn't know, um, there's no need for me to call it extreme. It happens quite often. Um, so it's kind of like, are you saying that um, it's by force that potentially she lives with that trauma? Yeah. Is it by force that if she comes from a um, low socioeconomic background or she comes from working class and she can't afford it, um, that she brings that child into the world, even though she's not economically ready for a child? Does it make sense? Yeah, um, I'm... Oh, obviously, I, sh- I probably should put my position. Um, I'm pro-choice. I believe um, that, pretty much um, to echo what you said, that as the child is being developed in the body of a woman, mm. I believe that as the host for this child, you should have full autonomy over what transpires within your body. That is my, mm. that is my personal view. However, um... I'm not when it comes to the debate um, obviously you know me I like to look at both sides of the argument I believe that yeah. um, the scientific argument from the pro-life I understand the then you get the evangelicals from America and the Bible Belt and some and some other arguments to me are just wild so um, Ooh, can you can you talk me through your, arg- um, your argument for like pro-life just because I want a different perspective okay so this is um this is this is like the scientific um, um, argument for it and so kind of a mixture between science and morals. So they kind of say it's the killing of a human argument. So people argue that uh, just because a child is in um, a woman's body does not give you the right to kill it. They say, obviously, in the law, it is illegal to murder. So they're essentially um, arguing the case that you are killing a human being. So where this really lies is in how you define when the the fetus becomes 
an actual yeah. living person. So, yes. so if you look at the science from it, so um, I think in the UK, I think it's 24 up to 24 weeks that you can yeah. um, get an abortion. So here's the science argument. So after six weeks, eyes and eyelids, nose, mouth and a tongue can be formed. From six yeah. to seven weeks, electrical brain activity can be detected. From mm. 10 weeks, uh, a child can make bodily movements. And by 20 weeks, via ultrasound, you can see like clasping of hands, sucking of thumbs, stretching, hiccups, yawning, smiling. So mm. people's arguments that, okay, by this juncture, like this is a, this is a person. And um, mm. I think even after like 24 weeks, like um, I've spoken to a few people who have had family members um born prematurely by like 24 26 weeks and yeah so and obviously there's big health risk at this um the child can have um severe health um health issues and sometimes um the child might not might not make it which is this is obviously very sensitive stuff so i'm trying to speak as cautiously as possible so so um yeah so that's the argument that you this is a human being so well, I think one of the key issues is that where do you define, okay, this is a human being and this is a fetus. But still, even with that, I'm still, I still stray to the side of pro-choice. Yeah, I guess it's so mad because obviously you see scenarios, whether it be on TV or real life, where some people don't know that they're pregnant, um, which is just scary to me because... I get, I get the whole thing but women are supposed to have a period but obviously if there's different forms of contraception then some people could just as, assume nothing and continue to go on I've known of a situation where someone was uh, naturally slim she just thought she was getting a bit of a, a, a young sturdy fupa when she clocked <laughs> and went to the doctors I can't believe you said a young sturdy fupa <laughs> when she clocked and went to the doctors she was seven months pregnant uh, 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 what? what? <laughs> Listen, these things happen. Nah, so wait. I think. <laughs> do you know how long seven months is? I do, and I'm I'm completely shocked. Listen, I've heard different situations, five months th- stories that have rocked me to my core, <laughs> to the point where I'm just like, it's all a bit long. But um, the point is, I think it's also a question about when you find out because mm. for me, if it's a case of it's a fetus and is still in its very early stages from a psychological point anyone can just say well you know it's not it's not at the stage where it's um having movement it's not this it's not that but what's worse is when obviously some women choose to bring a child into the world not only just women but obviously um anyone who chooses to look after that child a um, man and woman and then they potentially killed the child. We've heard horrible stories. Mm. Was it, what was there was a famous baby in the UK? I, I can't remember if it was like Baby P or something, where the story was horrendous of what they did to abuse and kill that child. And that child was th- like three years old. And if you've obviously um, held a child or you've got um, godchildren, you know that that is mad. Mm. So you're like, you're letting people potentially with um, maybe not the right sense of mental health to bring a child into the world bring a child into the world and after that point 
the government might not be able to look after you so far. So maybe they've given you a council flat or whatever it is. I know this isn't everybody's situation. Oh, you could be rich and still not be in a position to have a child. But the point is this. There's only so much that the state will support you until you need to support yourself. And then that's when it makes national news that, oh, this um, this person, usually the woman, wasn't in a, a mental fit state to have a child and potentially that child has died. So where do you get to the point where you say, is it still pro-life if you brought the the child to life just to kill it? Yeah, and just to, just even... Yeah, just like, and it's now fully functioning. Like, and even to the point where um, some mothers deal with um, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, like, there's so many, I feel like, when you see the arguments, obviously, later on the podcast that I talk about what happens in the United States, like, they, in, just like a spoiler alert, Actually, not really a spoiler. It's a podcast. It's not Avengers. Anyway, ignore me. So, like in <laughs> in Georgia, they um they um, passed in early um April a thing called the Life Act. So this is like okay, cool. If once the fetus has a once a heartbeat is detected, that's it. You can't you can't abort. Yeah, and why this is mad is that a fetus can have a heartbeat at six weeks post conception, and right. how many women have gotten? That's potentially. How many women are going to know they're pregnant six weeks? Your menstrual cycle is about four weeks. Mm-hmm. So, like, that basically outlaws abortion, period. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and even what you're saying about, um, like, some women can be in really negative situations where, un- unfortunately, some people might be raped and become pregnant. In yeah. Alabama, they're saying, nah, that's not even enough, which is insane. And even when we're discussing, okay, cool, when in the life cycle does... Um, the embryo fetus become a human being. Yeah. As as with the numbers I gave in the UK, the vast majority of abortions are even are before twelve weeks, eighty seven percent. So that's like nine out of ten abortions is done way in advance of when before you know, um, baby was able to smile and clench fists and all that type of stuff. So I think it's very important that we are made aware of all the scenarios. But I'm not. <sighs> Even though I feel like the that or the life the pro life or that science argument is quite is quite a good one, uh, I, I still don't personally feel comfortable, or I do not, do not think it's completely entirely rational to <clears throat> essentially dictate what a woman can do with her own human body. Like because mm. this living organism is growing inside of her. It's not like it's a like it's a young attachment, like it's a Gucci bag you could take on and off, like it's growing inside of you. So Yeah. I, I feel I don't feel that is right for yeah. the the state to determine what happens because really and truly once 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 Ulua Benga touches road, yeah. <laughs> the state ain't really about like that. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm... 110%. Because it's not like they've got better things to deal with, but they've got things to deal with as a whole and not as individuals. Mm. So it's like, where do you go from there? But even according to the BBC, it said that women make up 51% of Alabama's population and its lawmakers are 85% male, which is just mad when you break it down that way. Yeah, that every... there's more. There's more women... In Alabama, however, there's more men making decisions. And it's it's just weird because women are the only ones who truly know their bodies and their intuition should be trusted enough that they do get the final choice in how they want to move forward. And this isn't me saying that men shouldn't be involved in the decision, but it should only take one man to be involved. It's a personal matter and not a state one. 
So I personally think that the issue is less about abortion and more about governmental freedom and control. And like in a time where like obviously we're moving slowly but surely into like equality, I question if this is just another reason to control us. Like um, so even if you look at Alabama, mm. like that's like part of the Bible Belt. So you got all those hella hella mad evangelicals there. So even like so. Even though it's like I think in Alabama the twenty there was twenty no there's thirty two votes yeah and twenty five of them were Republican white white men white men and then the other seven one was a white uh, male Democrat and then I think it was like four black male Democrats and two female Democrats so the problem there is that even if let's say you flipped it and it was twenty five white women and if they were all Republicans they were more than likely vote in that manner so it's it's proper, proper mad. So America is mad divided. So if you're like a Democrat, you're more likely to be like, come on, it's, it's a woman's choice. But if you're a Republican, like, hold on, let me even find the picture. Like, I think what I was looking, like even more more Republican women mm. believe that um, the Roe versus Wade, which was the Supreme Court ruling in the 1970s, has said abortion, um, yeah, you can't ban abortions. It's a woman's legal right to determine what happens with her body. I think the right to privacy, the... the Fourteenth Amendment in the Constitution. I think the Republicans. I think it was like sixty something percent of women were against that ruling, compared to like I think forty eight percent of Republican men. So even the women are even more strong. But on the flip side, mm-hmm. the Democrat women are slightly stronger than the Democrat men. So it's really mad that it's quite split ideologically. But I do believe that this is also a wider argument of why representation matters, not just. Um, petty diversity yeah, you man hold a couple of seats here like you need um people who are more likely to be impacted by the laws being created in the decision making process that's like mm-hmm. creating anti-racism laws and then you don't have ethnic minorities involved uh, that's like um, legislating laws that are are to help mobilize working class people or less fortunate people out of the situations by purely the elite people who have come from families with money, you'll never be able to into and understand these people's lives and context. So that's why I think it's, it's actually very, very important that you get more and more women, especially in America, involved in politics. But um, mm. the, if it's Republicans, listen, <laughs> them lot are crazy. Like I was reading their speeches and they were like, yeah, this is what God wanted. God doesn't believe in killing. It's nuts. Like it's proper nuts. So I think even the Alabama bill, the person who sponsored the bill was a woman, the governor in Alabama is a woman, and, like, you, you'll get, like, women voting for it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just so nuts to me. I'm looking at the yay versus nay category. And anyone... Wait, let me just be sure. It's so funny how they're all, like, white males, but the people that said nay is mixed, but um, they're all Democrats. If they're black, they're all Democrats. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it's just it's just a shame that they were outvoted to so those six people that said nay. But it's just it's so crazy. We just have to change the system in which like I'm so glad that diversity and inclusion is something that everyone is talking about and starting to take seriously because we have to start looking at um things like board advisories and how and how does this work that there's this many people of maybe this particular gender and race all together. Because and this has nothing to do like for example, if it was a case where um 18 black women said um like there should be an abortion ban i would still be against it yeah do you know what i mean like it has nothing to do with um 
race and gender, but more like equality across the board than the diversity across the board. Because this is just like, these men could just be homies, just chilling and being like, yeah, 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 I'm coming around to Sally's for a young steak dinner or whatever. And then you're, you're just talking about it and they're just like, yeah, it's not maybe the, I don't know, Christian thing to do or religious thing to do. And there needs to be some, there needs to be um, like a, like better systems in place when it comes to being on certain boards and how you know people because... Just, just madness. I was reading something and it was actually meant to be in the second part of my podcast. I think I've lost it. I was reading it. I think it's on. It's called on the website called The Root in America, and it was with, regarding um, the governor of Georgia. So in Georgia, Georgia's, there's quite a lot of African Americans in Georgia. So in Atlanta, fifty four percent of uh, Atlantans are uh, African American, and in Georgia, the state as a whole, I think it's one of three of them are actually also African American. And I think a lady was running for governor. But they did hella shady things um, to basically stop her, stop her from winning. And I think, mm-hmm. and it was very, very key because they were trying to get this um, abortion law passed. But obviously, if you have a uh, African American woman, Democrats and Democrats are in charge, mm-hmm. this this stuff is not running. So, a um, stat I quote later on our podcast: out of the two hundred and twelve lawmakers in both Alabama and Georgia that voted in favor of these abortion laws, that I'll go into more details in the second half, two hundred eleven of them were white, uh. which is which is mental because obviously they're all uh, conservatives. But yeah, it's sad. Uh, is thankfully in the UK, um, we ain't we ain't out we ain't batshit crazy like them Americans, but. <laughs> Mate, I would, yeah, thank God, because, boy, USA has its own problems, but I would be writing like a crazy person. Like, look at the story of the girl who was raped in Ohio. I don't know how true that story is, but allegedly there was a girl, she was raped in Ohio, and she is 11 years old. When I think about what my body was when I was 11 years old, Listen. my only option would be to get an abortion. I could not imagine being that child's mother. I would be shaking, because what hips do you have? Mm. Um what control do you have of your body? Fam, the anxiety I have, I have, if I was 11, I would pass out. Yeah. <laughs> At the sheer idea that you've already been through so much trauma as a result of um, allegedly someone relate, um, raping you. And then on top of that, they're like, now you have to have the child based on the fact that if, if this happened in, Oba- in Alabama, that they like, she would have to go through with it. That's ridiculous to me. Yeah, like... Um, the that Al- 11-year-old has to live with so much trauma. Like, if a doctor performs at Alabama, it's a Class A felony, which is minimum 10 years to 99 years. I know... Wait, hold on. If a doctor performs what? And if a do- doctor performs an abortion... In any other case, then it can actually harm women's life. So let's so rape, incest doesn't matter. There's a class A felony, and you can be sentenced to ten to ninety nine years in jail. Mm. I know men that have been caught with the maddest types of weapons, and they even smoke three years. Like people out here doing the absolute bad things on the roads, and they have not smoked ten years of jail. But you performing an abortion because in this case, a child has been raped could send this is like some draconian shit like this is dark Mm. ages and it's really really it's really really sad but i know in america they're gonna fight it to the death it's gonna be tied up in courts forever so hopefully um these archaic and really demonic laws do not um do not um impact wider america i hope Mm. so but yeah i'm not sure if there's anything else anything else you'd like to add um young young balasol no, I just know that if they ever tried this in 
in London, you lot come come buck me. No, sensation <laughs> on a Saturday, they not even nine a.m., seven a.m. I'm going nuts. They will never. The way these politicians will get dragged, yeah, <laughs> they will uh, get. Nah, we. Like, even though obviously we're not the most politically, we're not as politically involved as Americans. But the difference yeah. is we're also not as brainwashed, like. In America, they brainwashed them from early. Like you come into school, you're pledging allegiance, allegiance to the flag, and all them type of things. There, ain't mm. nobody, ain't, ain't nobody pledging allegiance to no Union Jack in school. Like, Trust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if they tried any of that, any of that fuck shit here, no, 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 we'll we'll pam their asses, bruv. So you thank God for that. But yes, Bola, thank you for joining me on my podcast. Um, it's cool. Thank can, you for having me. Where can people catch you on the socials? So. Oh my gosh, it's baller <laughs> underscore. So B O L A underscore S O L. You can catch me on Instagram or Twitter. Um, I pray to God it's a day where I'm talking sense, but if not, <laughs> you're successful. threads. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely get involved on a, on a cheeky um, WCW Wednesday when Bola's doing finance. <laughs> so make sure you get involved. And yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Bola. No worries, thanks for having me. Hi, I'm XM, and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's live. Hello, welcome back to episode 107 of the Dysonomics podcast. I am joined by a young lady by the name of Stocko. Hello, Stocko. Hey. So, we're going to be talking more on the legislation side and discussing is it a gender issue? Is it a, an ideological issue? Who voted for what? what the aims of these bills are, how it will impact um, Americans, and so on and so forth. So this is what this segment of the podcast is going to be about. So firstly, as usual, give a little background information to our guests. So, Stocker, um, firstly, what made you... In- explain your interest in the topic. So what is your history in that regards? Um, okay, so my interest in the topic kind of like stems from doing kind of a long form um, research kind of project, which like resulted in an essay about two years ago, um, which like incorporated just the women's rights movement and especially kind of like their rights with like their body and stuff. So um, since then, I've kind of kept an interest in that kind of area. So. I am involved in kind of groups that discuss these kind of topics and um, I keep abreast about the different events that are happening. Okay, cool. So in terms of um, abortion itself, it's often split into two strong opinions, um, pro-life and pro-choice. Where do you stand currently um, and why, if you... You don't have to explain if you don't want to, but okay. go forth. Okay. Um, first of all, I feel like I kind of need to preface it as, yeah, as you stated, those are the two main groups that it's split into. But um, for, like, most people, um, like, I feel like the issue is a lot more nuanced than that, but it's very polarised because of how um, it's legislated. I personally am pro-life for myself because of religious beliefs however I also believe in a woman's right to choose and I understand the nuances that can result in someone having an abortion being it from rape or um, other exceptional instances where carrying a pregnancy to full term is not necessarily the best option 
So um, that's kind of my particular stance on it. Okay, cool. So um, you essentially you do not support the delegalization of abortion that we're currently seeing in America? No, and that's primarily because it is not necessarily centred on the issue of being um, pro-life and the rights for um, that unborn child, but um, it's heavily politicised. And um, when you look at it in the context of the bigger picture, um, it's very damaging for um, human rights in general. And also with the Alabama one, like it has no um, nuances to it at all. So it doesn't take into consideration the many different horrific situations that could necessitate an abortion. So, Okay, cool. Um, so uh, the main, I think... The best way to look at um, the best way to tackle this, I believe, I'm sure you agree, is to look at um, Roe versus Wade. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, okay. So there's a there was a lady in the early seventies, uh, Mrs. McCorney, and she of course wanted to get an abortion, but currently at that time in the early nineteen seventies, and she was from Dallas, from the state in the state of Texas, abortion was in fact illegal unless there was serious harm towards the mother. So, yeah. um, unless your life was in danger, you couldn't get an abortion legally. So she attempted to get um, an abortion illegally and obviously failed because doctors, people ain't trying to go to jail. So she solicited the help of um, two two attorneys who really wanted to kind of impact the abortion laws, the anti-abortion laws, and they challenged... The state attorney, um, the, the district attorney, the DA at the time, which was Henry Wade of Dallas, in terms of the, on this ruling, and it went all the way to the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court is the pinnacle of the judiciary system, and they ruled in favour of of Mrs. McCorney, but obviously for identity issues, um, she was described as Jane Roe, and they ruled that that te- those um, Texas statutes violated. A, w- a woman's right to privacy protected by the 14th Amendment. And that effectively legalised um, abortion across the United States of America. So what's essentially happening now, and me and Stockholm want to go through it with, with you guys, is these, um, these states are essentially trying to get these bills to the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court were the ones who kind of basically effectively legalised abortion in the United States in the early 1970s. Right now, um, Trump has managed to get um, uh, Judge Kavanaugh in recently. So he's got two of his appointees in the Supreme Court and Bush has got two of his appointees in the Supreme Court. And I think the remaining, there's two of Obama, one of Clinton. So really, the Supreme Court is slightly in favour of a more conservative view so I believe the strategy is that if they can get this to the Supreme Court, maybe they can reverse the impact of Roe versus Wade. Um, what do you think, um, Stocker? Um, I don't, okay, I don't think it would ever... Um, be overturned. Be overturned, but... Um, they reducing the impact of Roe versus Wade, sorry. So, okay, so reducing the impact of it. I think... 
the split in the Supreme Court isn't um, significant enough where um, they would have a resounding majority to be able to reduce it significantly. And I think because um, the original basis was on the 14th Amendment and the stipulations in that, um, it would be very hard for you to retract that. And also with the arguments um, that are being made, especially in like states like Alabama and stuff, you can see that there is... Um, a very strong religious argument. The stipulations in the Constitution about the separation between church and state make it very difficult for them to make a decision without obviously being obvious. It being obvious that that is a large influence. If that makes sense. Yes, yes, um, I do agree with that. But that's the angle. So we'll, we'll see how well they do. Hopefully, yeah. not as well. So, um, so I mean, if there's anything America's proved is that anything can happen. So. Yeah, that 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 place is <laughs> absolutely mad. You know, they they specialize in madness. Okay, cool. So we'll start off with Georgia. So in early April, so some of us may have seen this on Twitter, and it caused quite a stir, but not obviously not as much as the Alabama one, and we'll explain why. Yeah. In early early April, the Life, Infants, Fairness, and Equality Act, which is a um, anagram for acronym for Life. So the, essentially, the Life Act was passed in in early April in Georgia. It was passed um, ninety two to seventy eight, and it was two votes short of losing. So it was very, very, very tight. So what this law um, stipulates is that it outlaws it outlaws most abortions once a heartbeat can de- can be detected in the embryo. So if a heartbeat can be detected in the embryo, you cannot have an abortion um, unless unless um, the exemptions which are fatal deformity, the mother's life is in danger, or police report filed in the case of rape and incest. So what why do why um some why obviously Democrats and women's rights activists and pretty much in my opinion, this is my opinion by the way, anyone with a bit of um sense is kind of against this um this heartbeat argument is that a heartbeat can be detected as early as six weeks into the six weeks um post conception. And some, many women won't even know they're pregnant by that age. So it's it's a bit of a, I think it's a bit of a reach. But obviously, that's a more of an ideological argument that I'll get into with Bol on the other side of my podcast. Um, also, adding on to this, um, Georgia also stated that the fetus has a natural personal status. It is entitled to child support. It can be claimed as a de- <laughs> when I saw this, I was like, "These youths yeah. are bugging like man, man, are, man are collecting child support before they even breathe one bit of oxygen on road." It's mad. Um, many, so, as I said, it is entitled to child support, which is absolutely insane. Can be claimed as independent as a dependent, and it is also included in the Georgia population. So, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, Miss um, Stocker? Okay, so, um, well, let's start with, like, the heartbeat argument. Um, Basically, um, their heartbeat argument is essentially as far back as they could push and still get a majority. So you're seeing that a lot of this legislation, there's kind of this thing where they're trying to gain a consensus between them and seeing how far they can push it and what's the most they can the closest they can get it to being to um, abortion or being legalised. So um, a heartbeat has like very strong connotations of life, life yep. for most people. So that's why 
you were seeing this um, heartbeat argument made that um, personally, I I understand like the basis of it, but um, when you're now saying that they're entitled to child support a full human being, I think it's definitely a stretch. Um, in regards to how they're legislating it, um, with Alabama, it was like uh, quite a narrow split and um, people are saying not what am I talking about not Alabama sorry Georgia yeah that's cool so this emphasized the importance of the midterm election I don't know if um you like followed like Stacey Abrams and like the whole kind of govern governor run that she had that um she was gonna she was trying to be the governor of um Georgia um in the midterms and basically they did a thousand kind of different tricks and um illegal kind of gerrymandering and stuff to keep her out so um they recognized that it was literally a very slim margin even with like the senate races and the representative races to ensure that they had enough people to do um this bill because they understand that it's not something that's going to be widely supported um to the broader question of whether um this is something that will actually stay. Um, it's not going to be in until 2020, and that gives a lot of time for it to be repealed um, in between. And with such a small margin, I think you'll see like a state like Georgia having to kind of, um, if not fully um, repeal that bill, but go back on it a bit and allow more room for like nuances. Because six weeks, like you said, for most women, like, a menstrual cycle is about four weeks and then extra two weeks on top. Like you haven't had the opportunity to have tests for deformities and things which in most people would believe would be justifiable reasons for abortion to take place. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, and this is not the only state where um, the heartbeat um, argument has um, has been successful in terms of the initial stages of it being passed. It's been introduced in Tennessee florida south carolina and ohio sorry i said north dakota before is actually ohio minus florida these are all big red states so these are states where the republicans so where where trump won by more than five percent swing apart from florida um judges um thankfully have panned similar attempts in mississippi kentucky iowa and north dakota and they're and of course all four are strong republican states so we can see a theme here like where there's um, a republican stronghold they're trying to um bring in these um these laws in terms of the actual one of the other the questions i said at the top of the podcast where what is the motivation behind this is this a gender thing um because of course we're going to get on to the no man should um, make laws on a woman's body um, campaign that we're seeing. I'm sure people are seeing the black, the black background of the white writing. A lot of it's been all over Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Um, if we're looking at this case here, um, Georgia, in terms of the 92 votes um, that won the that won the vote, 13 of them were of course women. Um, if you look at the sponsors, so people sponsor a bill that gets presented in front of whatever whatever house it goes through. Um, these are the seven names. Darlene Taylor, Republican. Jeannie Earhart, Republican. Jody Lotz, Republican. Josh Bonnet, Republican. Michael Gravely, Republican. And, Re- and Renee Unterman, Republican. Four of those, of, first of all, they're all they're all white, by the way. Um, 
Four, 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 I'm sorry for showing you this, just straight facts. Four of them, were, four of the seven um, sponsors were actually indeed women. So we're going to tie this up later towards the pod, but just keep that in mind. That um, f- any, any, oh, we're going to jump in there? Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, oh, if you were going to continue, I was just going to kind of like add a bit on that where, or maybe you're going into the whole um, real motivations. I'm sorry, I thought you stopped. Okay, okay. Um, okay, we'll, we'll get, we'll, 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 okay, we're going to discuss Alabama and that's where we can retie really in. So okay. Alabama's what the streets are going crazy for and in my opinion, <laughs> rightly so because it's abs- this one is just like, this is some Game of Thrones type laws. Like these bands could fit in calmly at, at Westeros. Like it's mad. So off the back of the five previous states I mentioned, so that's Georgia, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, South Carolina, and Ohio, all red states. Here comes Alabama. And it's quite funny. Every time us um, British people, we are watching um, shows um, based in America, um, when you're seeing like the hillbilly red legs, they always tend to be from Alabama. So that's quite... <laughs> make of that what you will. So, so off the back of the previous states, without Alabama, it's pretty clear that they are trying to chip away at Roe versus Wade. Um, first of all, the legislation that they passed won't even be coming to... It's not meant to come into play for six months, but it will be tied up in courts for years upon years. So this was actually passed um, 25 to 7. So I think many people have seen the picture and it's 25 um, just white white youths, basically. 25 <laughs> white men, all Republican, right? Yeah. What I think also people don't know is that um, there's also seven people that voted against it. Five were men, two were women. I think six of the, all of them were Democrats, by the way. So obviously the Republicans had a um, big advantage in this house. I think six of the se- six of the seven people that were against it were actually black. Um, so four black men and two black women. So this really went on party lines. So what is the Alabama law and how does it differ from the Georgia one? So it actually says. You cannot, as a doctor, cannot perform an abortion unless a woman's health is at risk. And if you do do this, it is a Class A felony, which is punishable by minimum 10 years up to 99 years. So that means even if it's rape, you cannot get an abortion in Alabama. This is mad, mad draconian. Okay, so before we go into more analysis on the who's and the what's and the why's, what's your opinion on this um, law? Um, on that particular law, like like you said, it's completely mad. Like, there's no nuance to it. There's absolutely um, no reason why um, a law should, like that should be passed in 2019. And... Um, as you said, like that's why all those campaigns are originating because you see those twenty five men legislating on women's bodies and um, the nature of the law having no nuance and it is really reflected by the fact that those are the type of people you would expect um, to not really take into consideration the nuances of issues that affect people that would want to get abortions. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, especially, obviously, um, we, you know, many people bear the natural assumption that Republicans are more in favour of big businesses and people earn a bit more 
in favour of less state involvement in terms of welfare and things like that, less tax. So yeah. obviously that probably leads to less redistribution of income and Democrats are quote-unquote more for the people. So it doesn't surprise you that um, the more get-it-how-you-live um, type party don't even understand that why, maybe for economical reasons, a woman yeah. might not want to go ahead with the pregnancy. So in terms of like how this law came about, so obviously we've, as me and um, Stockard referenced the picture of the 25, 25 demons that essentially voted for... <laughs> voted for this law all happen to be white men. Uh, they're all Republicans, by the way. So this, as I, as I stated before with um, Georgia, a bills tend to be sponsored. And in this case, it was sponsored by a... Where's the name? I just, uh, oh, sorry. Terry Collins, who is indeed a, a Republican woman. And the governor who signed this bill... KIV also a Republican woman. So I was doing some research in terms of like I want to, I like to look at the demographics and the splits who voted for what. And there's, and there's quite a lot of um, material online. You can actually see the full um, life cycle of a bill, who voted for it, who abstained, who they represent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And when you look at um, the two bills we're talking about, and that's Georgia and Alabama. 212 lawmakers voted to pass these two laws. Soccer, do you want to guess how many of these people were white out of 212? <laughs> oh, uh, how many were white? Um, let's say at least 180. So you said 180 out of uh, 212, yeah? Yeah. So listeners, I want you to take a guess. I'll give you five seconds. Okay, I'm not sure that's five, that's probably three. But anyway... Maybe not time to wait. Two hundred eleven of of the two hundred and twelve oh voters were white. I repeat, two hundred and eleven, and I think only two of them were Democrats. If that, I might have even got that wrong. But that shows obviously the power. Like, really depends who's in charge in terms of what party's in charge will have a massive impact on what happens in terms of lawmaking. So. What do you think of that after oh, I told you? <laughs> um, well, like as much as I don't like the like the word representation as a buzzword, like but <laughs> representation obviously to a certain degree is important because as you can see, like these are people that don't represent the majority of people. So when they're legislating on things that affect everybody, it doesn't make sense when they don't have everyone's opinions on it or at least an understanding of like how these issues affect all the different communities that are in their states because for example Alabama and Georgia they do have a lot of um, minorities in them like notably black like I mean I know we're all familiar with Atlanta in Georgia kind of being um, portrayed as having a lot of black people in it and having um, black people kind of like at the centre of its culture so when you see that the people legislating for these kind of states don't um, have that same kind of diversity it's, it is definitely very concerning Yeah, yeah it's 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 mind-boggling when I looked at and it was 200 and <laughs> 212 in terms of like the population of um, City of Atlanta um, 
in 2000, I'm looking at um, census data, in 2010, 54% of, of Atlanta is actually indeed um, African-American. So, <laughs> so that shows, uh, that um, follows on from what you're saying. So Yeah, like so, not to say, that, like obviously the state has like other like counties and stuff in it, but like obviously if there's 57%, you're going to be able to find more than one black person oh. to you know, be represented like when they're making bills and stuff. Okay, so even if even if you look at the demographics of um what's it called? Of Georgia, as of um twenty seventeen, um hold on, this is this is birth data. Um I'm looking at right now. Forty four percent non Hispanic white. Um thirty four percent black so that shows just how many people. Um, in terms of just the the racial makeup, if you're looking at just white Americans, fifty two, fifty three percent, blacks, thirty one percent, Hispanic, ten percent, Asian, four percent. So one in three, um, mem- um, one in three um, people in Georgia are indeed black. So it's quite interesting when you look at the actual. Um, representation in terms of the of terms of the politicians is nowhere near that same level obviously we know certain reasons why so in terms yeah. of the debate of um men can't make decisions on women's body um i will probably get into that with you a bit later potentially but i my opinion that i understand the anger obviously of people because you, when you're seeing what 25 these 25 men did this they're not they're not even women how would you you won't know i always say there's certain things a man can never intuit about the life and the stresses and all the pressures and just how it is to be a woman and vice versa you'll never fully fully be able to get like i'll never fully be able to get what you go through and your life and vice versa yeah however i want people to understand that as we detail as we detail the process it's not just 20 men come into a room and say, do you know what, let's do this. No, <laughs> like there's a procedure in place. So, and as we said in the Alabama case, the person who sponsored it was a woman. The person who signed off, was it, signed off, on, it, signed off on it was also a woman. Do you know what I'm saying? And there was, also, there was also men that voted against it, but unfortunately there weren't enough of them because of party politics, like they're Democrats. So I was looking at, I was thinking, okay, cool. What are the opinions... And views in, in terms of general Americans on abortion. So I looked at um, Pew Research. They're pretty good. So if you look at... So this is from October 2018. 60% of blacks and 61% of whites believe abortion should be legal in most cases. So that's fairly similar. Um, probably not as large as maybe it is here. But so six out of 10 people, you take 10 random people in a bar and I don't know... 10, let's say 10 random people in the airport, they're all American. Six out of 10 of them were like, just say, yeah, yeah, abortion should be legal. So if you look at it on 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 the lines of gender, because I believe, like, if you look at social media, you they'll have you believe that it's primarily and almost independently a gender issue, which I disagree with. 57% of men support legal abortions compared to 60% of women. So that's a 3% differential. Naturally, of course, women are going to be more in favour because it's actually something that actually impacts them directly. 
but it's pretty it's pretty even in that regards and when you look at it on a political landscape 75% of Democrats believe abortion should be legal. So that's higher than the national average by 15%, compared to 36% of Republicans. So that's 20, 25% less than the natural average. So that really shows where the differences lie. And when you look at um, the lawmakers, first of all, Republican voters in Alabama, 89% of them are white. Re Republican voters in Georgia, 84% are white. Lawmakers in both states... All white that vote for it. Alabama only has two white Democrats in the in the entire legislature. Legislature, legislature. Oh, I can't even speak. I'm gonna skip that word. <laughs> in terms of the legislators in Georgia, the Democratic ones, two out of three of them are black, as I stated prior. So, what's your thoughts on the on on the men voting on women's bodies? Is it men? Is it women? Like, what's going on? Okay, so like, obviously, like. Um, I can appreciate the premise, which is um, when you see a lot of male faces making laws that negatively affect women, um, that is something that I'm pretty sure most of us would say is something that, one, doesn't make sense, and two, um, is kind of reductive because you need the people that are going to be affected to be part of um, the legislation. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, however, like, um, I think especially uh, with American politics, like, you see that this argument being made that um, women um, essentially put all liberal and, like, there isn't that nuance whereby, well, essentially, if you go back to it, 51% um, of American white women voted for Trump. I think it's something yes. along those lines. Yes. So, like, um, white women don't fit into this niche that we all um, kind of put that everyone's liberal, everyone everyone wants abortion to be um, legalised, right? So, especially um, with this debate, I think a bigger factor would be looking at um, religion and the... Facts role that has in it because if you look at the states that we've like discussed alabama and georgia and also the carolina um and also mississippi and why it's like considering to do this and stuff is because um these are all part of the quote-unquote bible belt so you're seeing states where can, there's you, can, a you, strong... can, you, can you explain what the bible belt is for listeners so um essentially this is the um kind of group of American states that have been categorised as being strongly religious with um, predominantly evangelical values, which is evangelical as a branch of Christianity is where they um, follow the Bible quite literally. They think that a lot of what the Bible says should be part of um, legislation. So um, this is not um, just something that evangelical men believe, it's something evangelical women would believe as well. Um and it's been noted that evangelicals have had a, well, were essentially very instrumental in getting Trump elected, hence why Mike Pence is the um, vice president of America, um, and he's an evangelical as well. So their beliefs are pretty strong, and hence they are very pertinent to how laws are made in those particular states so when you see um states like alabama states like georgia legislating in this way um you would find that a lot of religious strongly religious people would support that and being states which are 
strongly religious, that means that a large majority of the people in those states are going to support it, whether they be male or female. Yeah, I I I, I agree. Um, I feel um, like if you look at if you actually look at what's happening, look at the data, look at who's who's in charge of who are, who are these people making laws? What party do they represent? What are their beliefs? What are their what's their manifestos? And it's almost you can easily almost always easily split up down party lines. I was looking at um, a PRRI um, September twenty eighteen survey, and this is on the evaluation of Roe versus Wade by political affiliation agenda. So the question posed was, do you think Roe versus Wade, the 1973 Supreme Court decision that affirmed the constitutional right to abortion was the right decision and should be upheld? Or was, was the decision wrong and should be overturned? So if we look at the people who, if you look at wrong decision, wrong decision versus right decision in Republicans, 47% um, 47% said of Republican men said it was the wrong decision compared to 38%. And if it, so, that's a 40, 47 to thirty eight. I think the the remaining numbers are people who just said they don't know. Um, and if you look at the women, it's a much larger split. So it's sixty sixty percent of Republican women said um, it was a wrong decision compared to thirty. So in fact, more Republican men thought that it was a it was the right Roe versus Wade was the right decision compared to women. Now, if we look at the Democrats, obviously the flip side of the argument. 71, 71 to seventy one thought it was the right decision compared to twenty four, and Democratic women seventy five compared to eighteen. So, on the flip side, the Democrats more Democratic women thought it was the right decision than men, but they're both fairly high in the seventies. So this shows how much it is split on party lines, and what really shocked me was the Republican women how it was essentially two-thirds of them compared to compared to the men and when you hear some of them talking when I was listening when I was reading some of the the um, speeches and quotes from the Georgia women it was really heavily religion based like oh yeah God thinks this this that life blah 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 so it's very very interesting um, I, I do understand the no I don't really understand actually let me not lie I don't really understand the premise of men shouldn't make laws on the basis of women's bodies I don't really believe in that because if it came out that all 25 men voted against that we wouldn't be saying men shouldn't vote on this we'll be like okay cool they made the right decision and we just move on with our lives yeah. type of thing so I but think I, I mean go on. don't you think it like feeds into overall argument where if like there's a roughly 50-50 split of men and women in the country you need to have the population of people making the decisions, whether it be specifically on women's bodies or on issues in general, showing that same sort of split. Like I obviously I, I get the nuance of this argument have made it like completely politicized to it being um like men are trying to like um force legislations on the rest of the population. Um but surely you would kind of agree with the idea that we should have basically the people that are making the laws looking like the people that are being affected by them. Yes, I think... Um, see, this is why I differ with a lot of people on this. Um, I'm more pure competence, so... Okay, so you're like meritocracy. Meritocracy. However, meritocracy is also impacted by the 
imbalances in society. So yeah. as we said, I think it was in Georgia, like I, I, I probably want I probably want to do this as a separate um, topic. The lady in question running, I can't remember her name, running for governor, they were doing yeah. all types of tomfoolery. If you watch Ray Donovan or yeah. what, what's the other show, uh, Scandal, those type of behind the scenes madness was that was yeah. going on to kind of stop this lady getting the seat. So, <sighs> ideal, ideally, you would would you want fifty fifty? Yes, but I wouldn't want fifty fifty. I want it to be actual competent people making really really and truly if the whole if it was 100% women in charge let's say for example and they always made the right decision or they tend to make the right decision I wouldn't really care like the main thing is making the right decision but then again the argument is yeah. can you make the right decision if you don't have people that have understanding no 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 I changed my idea I'm, I'm all with you because <laughs> even when it, when it comes to issues like things affecting working class people and if you've got a bunch of people who studied at Eton their parents are hella rich how are they going to be able to understand the nuance and the context of certain things? So I yeah. do I do understand your point. So I think the wider issue here is we it's a representation issue. Like we need more women involved in politics. However, if those women get involved in politics and they're Republican, ain't gonna ain't gonna change anything. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. And I like also like um, kind of specific to this particular issue. Um, uh, law in America isn't um, legislated like law here purely on no pure, law in America isn't purely legislated on um, quote unquote right or wrong. Like all of this is playing into like a bigger plan constitution. And, yeah, and like essentially um, they. Um, are trying to not only um, pass things which are in line with their beliefs, so if they're evangelical, but trying to also retain their, like, for example, the lawmakers are also voted in by the public. So you're trying to retain that um, public support. And if abortion is something that the public want, or at least the public, the people that are voting for you specifically want, then in order to keep your seat and essentially in the grand picture or in order to keep the country Republican, there are certain people who, for example, they Republicans who, the evangelicals who, who are core part of the Republican base who need to be appeased with certain laws, which abortion being one of the main issues um, that um, a lot of the people want, a lot of evangelicals stayed with the Republican Party despite Trump's uh, many, many shortcomings is something that they had to deliver on. So there's also all that politics in play as well. Yeah, you said at the top of the show um, that is a lot of it is um, is being politicised. And I agree with you. Um, as I always say on my podcast, incentives drives behaviour. And I always, I always, and I've said that loads, loads of times, a politician's primary incentive is to be re-elected because that's their job. Like they, they ain't doing this for they do this for the love. They ain't doing it. Oh, okay, cool, safe you, man. Man, is, man, gonna do this charity for you know is is a career. So when I see people going ham in the UK over here, I'm like, can you? Okay, I understand when when it's an emotive topic. Yeah. Uh, you can easily get worked up. Do you know what I mean? And but if you just take time and think, do you think that these people are just doing these laws on a yellow basis? No, they've got support. There is yeah. support. You, as a politician, to pass something as polarizing as this, 
And if it's not, and if you do not have the support in your constituency and in your state, your city, that is political suicide. And people tend to not be in the business of committing career suicide. So we need to understand that in some parts of America, this is the in thing. This is the end thing. So right now, we, we just got to play a waiting game and see how it pans out. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, because it's not only about seeing how it pans out in terms of um, who else decides to legislate like this, but essentially the effect that it has on the 2020 election, because that also plays a big part of role in why they're trying to get all these done because these are these are essentially campaign promises Facts. which need to be fulfilled okay cool so i'm not sure if there's anything else we can add there is there anything else you want to add on to onto the topic um i was just gonna say that like um i understand like the um polarizing nature of like this topic like largely because like um Obviously, like abortion as a human right has been contested um, from the beginning of time. But um, with this issue, I think um, my personal kind of um, issue with it is that the pro life the pro life argument only stretches as far as this unborn child has a right to life. But if you look at the states like Alabama and Georgia, um, they have. Um, ridiculously bad um post-life care being it from um health care for young children um and education programs for the poor and disenfranchised like this isn't a consistent argument these aren't the same people that are going to be saying that black lives matter these aren't the same people that are going to want to vote for gun control so Mm -hmm. a a pro-life argument in itself is um is inherently um hypocritical and it hasn't got a basis in these kind of situations because these this isn't about life in general this is about whether a woman i understand why people feel like it's about a woman having the right over her body like it's easy to understand why um a lot of people are quite outraged in this yeah i agree um yeah thank you for joining the podcast i hope um we've cleared up or brought some brought some light to in terms of the legislation side of what's been happening in america any questions please use the hashtag hashtag disunomics on twitter or instagram or you can tweet me underscore nomics do you want people to tweet you to ask you questions (laughs) Or, or do you want to stay in the shadows yeah, I think I will stay in the shadow. Okay, stay in the shadow. Okay, well, if you want any, if you want me to pass on any uh, messages or questions to Stocker, okay. I'm happy to do so. But yes, make sure you use the hashtag um, Thisonomics, and yeah, thank you for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.